Hello, friends. Have you noticed that you can get caught up in consuming content? Or maybe you notice you are hyper, hyper focused on the doing. Empaths, we often consume. And I know because that was me too, soaking up information from all my favorite teachers and mentors. But it wasn't until I started focusing more on the being and embodiment work that the door to massive clarity was finally unlocked. And I no longer got confused about what was my energy versus everybody else's. I was able to become a more clear channel for creation and as a result, transform my life, business, and health. In fact, my meditation and embodiment practice is what helped me have a nearly $40,000 month this past January, see the highest downloaded month of the podcast, and finally release a lot of unnecessary stress. And my clients felt it and saw it in their lives too. It wasn't reading more articles. It wasn't doing more busy work. So I'm inviting you to graduate from the spongy empath consumer into the self-activated sovereign healer. You can take your podcast listening experience from, ooh, I feel seen, heard, and inspired to, holy shit, I actually feel different. My being has shifted. I am the embodiment of the woman I desire to be. The Third Eye Collective is a simple way to upgrade your experience and commit not only to a meditation practice that complements your healing, but also receive personalized coaching so you can be clear on what direct actions to implement into your highest goals. There are two simple ways to get involved at $11 or $22 a month with no commitment. So if this is calling your name, click the link in the show notes to join this amazing and growing community. Welcome to the Uncensored Empath, a place for us to discuss highly sensitive energy, illness, healing, and transformation. My name is Sarah Small, and I'm a life and success coach for empaths who want to create a thriving body, business, and life. Think of this podcast as your no BS guide to navigating life, health, and entrepreneurship. You'll get straight to the point, totally holistic tips from me in real time as I navigate this healing and growth journey right beside you. This is a Soul Fire production. My guest today is Anna Lilia. She is a certified breathwork teacher and healer who leads thousands of people to intimately connect with their breath as a pathway for transformation. She is really committed to safe, supportive, and loving spaces for her participants, which you'll hear her talk about today, so that they can connect to deeper parts of themselves, access their intuition, and unleash their creativity. Breathwork has been something that has completely transformed my own life that I also facilitate and teach mostly inside of the Empath Leaders Membership, and I've been practicing for over 10 years now. And Anna is a beautiful example of somebody who is so committed to the art of what she does. And she's going to be speaking about how breathing does directly impact how we think and how we feel. Even though it's something that we do every single day, there are ways to adapt our breath and to control our breath in a more active way that can facilitate truly life-changing experiences. 
So in our conversation, we'll talk all about breath work and also we're going to dive into some mental health. So I do want to put a little bit of a trigger warning here and just let you know that there's going to be some words mentioned related to mental health and suicidal ideation and addiction. So if this is not the episode for you, certainly skip ahead. Otherwise, I really hope that you love this conversation with Anna. I did. And there's so much to gain from breathwork. Welcome to the show, Anna. It's so good to have you here. Thank you, Sarah. I'm excited to be here. So I was just telling you that I am obsessed with breath work, and it's certainly a practice that has impacted my life in a really big way. And it's something that when people hear, I often think they think, well, we breathe every single day, right? Like we we're do. all breathing. <laughs> so how has breath work impacted your life? And what is your like definition of breath work? You're totally right. We take about 20,000 breaths a day. So our body knows to automatically breathe for us. But a lot of times we're not necessarily breathing right. And I have it in quotes because it, it just depends on people. We are supposed to be breathing using our diaphragm and taking these longer, deep inhales. And with life stresses, we tend to take shorter breaths. We tend to be breathing more using our chest, or we tend to do a lot of breath holding. And that's something that I wasn't even conscious of until I came across a breathwork class. And it was a random find in a crystal shop here in Los Angeles. Mm -hmm. And it was during a time where I was exploring just different tools, healing modalities, techniques to help me manage my anxiety, my stress. I was feeling depressed. I was doing therapy and that was really helpful. But I felt like there was a deeper place I could go to. And when I was introduced to the healing world, I was shocked and intrigued. And that's how I stumbled upon breath work. My first experience of actively breathing was so powerful where my body involuntarily would move, like my hands cramped up by themselves. Mm -hmm. And I felt like I couldn't open them. Like I looked like a lobster claw. <laughs> I was crying uncontrollably. There was just this purging of emotions and memories and it was incredible and intense but at the same time when i stopped the active breathing my body physically felt so much lighter when i stepped outside the colors looked brighter and i couldn't believe that i experienced and went through all of that just by manipulating my breath and so if you're completely new to the breathwork world breathwork is kind of a general term to mean like controlled breathing. And there's a lot of different forms of breath work from box breathing, where you're breathing to the count of four and holding to the count of four and to there's a lot of Kundalini type of breathing. If you practice Kundalini yoga, Wim Hof is a really popular method right now. I tend to practice a two-stage breathing where you're breathing using your diaphragm, your chest, and then exhaling. You decide whether you want to breathe through your nose or through your mouth. I have found that when you're breathing with your open mouth, it can be more activating to the body. So you will have more of those sensations like the cramping of the hands, mm -hmm. the vibration. For some people, that is overwhelming for their nervous system. So when I'm holding space for my clients, I suggest that they do nose breathing. 
And it's a more controlled, relaxing, not stressing out your body as much by like really oxygenating it. But there's different ways to do it. And when working with a practitioner or with me, the sessions tend to be anywhere from like 20 minutes of active breathing to 30, 40 at the max. Mm -hmm. I have a lot of pre-recorded meditations and those are much shorter. They start at five minutes to like 10 minutes just to give you like a a shorter container to make sure you're again, not like overwhelmed by everything that's coming up and you don't have a guy there to like talk you through it. But it's a quick way to kind of just hit the reset button and go from feeling stressed out and overwhelmed and like busy mind to grounded, calm, clear, and back in your power. Mm -hmm. It's incredible. I totally agree. And my first introduction to breath work was more through yoga and and Mm -hmm. pranayama and different uh, types of breathing inside of a flow style, vinyasa style yoga. And I remember just that initial introduction, realizing that I for who knows how long, probably my whole life, or at least till I started to maybe experience stress in my life was reverse breathing. Mm. And so I would breathe in and suck Suck in in your stomach. Yeah. Yes. And then I would breathe out and breathe out like my belly belly would expand. (laughs) I mean, and if it would, I would even let it expand because as a teenager, I remember also just like sucking in all the time being very like self-conscious of body image. And I think that that really affected my breath and it it started to get into that reverse patterns. Those people who are listening, who don't know what we're talking about, a natural breath would actually, you would expand chest, belly, diaphragm on the inhale because air is entering your lungs Mm -hmm. and then exhale, it would contract, right? And I was doing the complete opposite. And that was a really big light bulb moment for me that went like ding, ding, ding. Yes, I'm autonomically breathing. It's happening automatically in my body, in my being, but there are ways to breathe that have different benefits for, for, or different styles of breathing that have different benefits. And breathing does have a direct impact on the way that we think that we feel that whether it's interacting with our sympathetic stress state or our parasympathetic peace relaxation state. So I'd love to have your take on how does breathing impact our thoughts, our feelings, our emotions, our physical state? Yeah. When we are overwhelmed and stressed out, we are in that high alert state. We're in the sympathetic and we do tend to not be breathing as much. And so that's why when you're feeling stressed out and you're around someone, they might tell you like, take a breath. And if you just, if you're listening right now, let's take a deep breath in. And just by taking one deep breath in through your nose, low, long exhale out, you start to feel a softening happening in your body just by one breath. Like, Our body just needs that little assistance or that reminder if we are in a state where we're constantly going, 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 which most of us are, that to be in the relaxed state, it's not common. Mm -hmm. And so we almost forget. And I actually work with a lot of people who actually don't feel safe being that calm, relaxed state. Mm-hmm. So we have to work on building them up to feel safe, to be able to lie down and breathe and not still have their shoulders up in their ears yeah. and not still wanting to be in control of whatever emotions or physical sensations is coming up to their body. So it's like also starting to 
trust your body, trust yourself and create a self-container for you to feel comfortable being in yourself, in your body and with your emotions. That makes so much sense because I think that oftentimes I've seen this in my client community and myself as well. There's almost an attachment to the chaos. I'm more comfortable. I'm, I feel more safe in the chaos, in the stress where I know I can thrive and I know I've survived before versus actually allowing ourselves to enter a more peaceful, calm, relaxed state that may be a lot less familiar based on mm-hmm. our life experience. Yeah. And that taking the one breath like we just did together is so simple. Yeah. I think a lot of people either don't remember slash forget to do it, or they're yeah. like, it shouldn't be so easy. Like it <laughs> yes, shouldn't that's be another thing, right? After they're like, okay, so what should I do? Like, give me a breathing technique. And I always tell them like, just drop your breathing down to your belly, to your diaphragm. Yeah. And it's like, no, there has to be more. Right. Um, <laughs> well, even if I do give you more, you're not going to remember, or then you're going to stress out about, am I doing it right? Am I doing it wrong? I don't think I'm doing it. You know, like our mind just finds that chaos if that is our our baseline. Mm -hmm. And so one of the goals with breath work is to try to find the baseline of like this calm, grounded, safe Mm -hmm. and experience what comes from that. There's a lot of creative inspiration that can happen when you're doing breath work Mm -hmm. because all of that noise and the wanting to be in control starts to get quiet. You get clarity about things. You remember like what's really important for you instead of just being on that hamster wheel of doing, 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 or feeling obligations or doing things because you think and society has told us that that's what we have to do. Mm-hmm. Like all of that, we start to create more space and move all of that noise away from us so that you can go back to yourself, to your truth. And you might be thinking like all of that from just breathing, (laughs) like how is that even possible? But it truly does because again, we're able to switch our nervous system from being in the stress, high alert, anxious state, like I got to protect you, I got to do this and that to calm and relaxed. And when we're in that state, we do create more space, more capacity for bigger stuff, for the things that are really important for us. So that's another way that I use breathwork as well when I'm working with my clients to not only to help them get into a relaxed state, but to do deep healing work where we start to remember mm-hmm. who we are without labels, without other people's opinions. We start to call in our dreams and start to manifest because when you do breathwork, you are able to enter into a deep meditative state where you're able to access your subconscious and able to start to reprogram beliefs, bring in new beliefs, call in those dreams. And I've seen my clients just have like instant manifestations after our sessions together. They're like, oh my God, I just got an email for a job opportunity. I love that. <laughs> so it's really beautiful, powerful, transformational work. I love that. And I think that that's a really good point because when we are encouraged to say, let's just take a deep breath, I think 
the immediate association is like, oh, I, I need to calm down or this is to make me feel more relaxed or more peace. And that can absolutely be a benefit and an outcome of taking a deep breath. But certain styles of breath work can also help us do so much more like you were just speaking to, like access the subconscious mind, mm-hmm. program beliefs, manifestation. Mm-hmm. And a huge one I've seen in my community is inner child work. Work. And I know mm-hmm. you've seen some of that as well. So how yeah. do we use breath work to even help access or heal our inner child? Mm-hmm. I'm also a clairvoyant. So when I'm holding space, I receive messages for my clients. For example, one of my clients that I was working with just this week, she struggles with her weight. Mm-hmm up and down, up and down. And she notices that when she starts to lose weight, she starts to feel unsafe because she's starting to attract more attention. Mm. So while she was doing the breath work, I was starting to receive messages for her. What ended up being the actual reason for this up and down weight loss wasn't actually about safety. It was her inner child, that's when she started to gain weight, was afraid that if she loses the weight, that her inner child is going to disappear. And she's going to have those abandonment issues that she experienced when she was a child come up again. So once I said that to her, she just started to cry. And she's like, oh my God, that's it. It's not this other story that I was telling me or the reason why I tell people why it's hard to date because I'm like big or with this and that. It's actually that, that there's my inner child feels, has abandonment issues. She feels like she was just forgotten by her parents, not loved in the same way. And she was trying to be seen by eating more, getting bigger. And for me to be start to lose the weight as adult, she feels that I'm going to leave her too. So once we got to that core belief, that core winning, that memory, then we were able to start to, by having her connect, imagine herself as a child, tell her inner child, that's not true. Like I am always here. I'm always going to be here for you. I'm here to protect you, to love you. I'm so sorry that that's how you felt when you were younger, but things are changing now. And just giving all of this love and affirmations and positivity. So that's just an example how I just recently used it in our child work while we're doing the, the active breathing. And it's really powerful because it, we're able to like quickly get to the core root, like something that she's been struggling with. She's in her fifties for about 40 years and she's been in therapy. And a lot of times we do kind of get stuck Mm -hmm. on the story and we start to just believe it, but there's something a little bit deeper I have found. So it was a really powerful session for her. That reminds me, I often say to my students that, you know, our conscious mind is our thinking mind And we try to think our way or rationalize our way out of problems, challenges in our life when oftentimes the solution is or the outcome we desire is based in the feeling that is stored in our subconscious mind or a memory Mm -hmm. that's stored in the subconscious mind, a belief that's stored in the subconscious mind. So it makes complete sense to me that you would want to bring up some of these things or dive into them or talk about them in a subconscious state where you can access yeah. the subconscious versus if we just talked about it, there's, it's not that there's not benefit to that because there is, but if we want to actually utilize the neuroplasticity of our mind and rewire something, 
we want to be in the subconscious like portal. We want to go through that yeah. gateway, right? And breathwork is one of of several different ways we can access the subconscious, but mm-hmm. it's a really powerful way that we don't need any excess external tools, right? It's just yeah. us breathing, which is so fucking fascinating. And that's why I loved it because, you know, I had been going to healers and a therapist and all of that, but I loved that I felt so empowered when I was doing breath work because I was doing the active breathing. I was the one feeling these sensations. I was the one with these memories coming up. And that made me feel like I could change my life. I didn't have to depend necessarily on someone else. Like all of that power is within me. Mm-hmm. And that's how my clients feel as well. Like it's helpful to have the guidance of someone because then that way we are able to like more quickly get to these core yeah. issues. But yeah, you're part of the the experience, like mm-hmm. the participant. You're like, you're the one showing me yeah. the memories, showing me the energy. Yeah, um, I think of it as like, you're just kind of um, like a mirror to that. Exactly. Right? They're the ones yeah. who are actually like doing the work inside yeah. their, inside their body. And you mentioned in the beginning, the lobster claw hands mm-hmm. and like crying uncontrollably. Mm-hmm. And just, these are things that, especially with the, the style of breath that you described, the two phase or three part mm-hmm. breath mm-hmm. Um, that can happen. Right. And I think that oftentimes when people have maybe an unexpected, or even if someone says this might happen when you're doing the breath work and it's therefore not unexpected, they know that it could happen. But when it actually does happen, I find some people start to overthink or talk themselves out of it or panic or go into a fear state. And I'm so curious because the first time I experienced the three-part conscious connected breath, inhale, inhale, exhale. I had the tetany, the lobster claw Mm -hmm. hands. I was crying. It kind of came, the tears came at the end after Mm -hmm. I was done breathing, actively breathing. And I remember thinking, is this an anxiety attack or what is happening? And I ended up settling on this feeling in my body that it was just energy moving through me and actually releasing through my hands, which helped calm my nervous system down so that I could continue the session with uh, the practitioner I was working with. But I'm so curious. I just think that that a lot of people freak themselves out and they're like, oh, it's too much. It's too stimulating or whatever. And I love your take on how you were able to work through that personally and also how you work with clients through it. Cause I know you also mentioned that sometimes you offer up nasal, like a nose mm-hmm. breathing versus mouth mm-hmm. that could be a little less activating. And a lot of people have experienced trauma in their life and maybe don't feel safe in their bodies to breathe. Yeah. It's actively. a huge, huge thing that I have to navigate as a practitioner. When I experienced it for myself, I, it didn't freak me out. I was just crying and mm-hmm. <laughs> just surrender to the process. I was like, I don't know what's happening, but (laughs) let's just go with it. Have your way with me. I'm like, okay, I'm assuming this is safe because I mean, the the practitioner was walking around and so I didn't feel like completely abandoned. Yeah. But yes. So some of these sensations that you feel when doing the active breathing can be similar to a panic attack. Mm -hmm. And so if you've had them, that can be very triggering for you. I've had um, a therapist say to me that she tells her clients who she suggests that they do breath work to get comfortable being in the discomfort. Mm-hmm. Breath work is a tool to get comfortable being in dis- a state of discomfort. 
Like, yes, if you are someone who have had a lot of trauma where you don't feel like you're safe in your body or you do have panic attacks or if you had them in the past, I would suggest breathing through your nose first mm -hmm. so that you can start to, in a more gentle way, get used to the practice, start to trust the breathing yourself, the practitioner, and then you can build up. When I was first starting out, I would suggest that everybody just breathe through their open mouth. And I did have someone where she started to feel the paralyzing sensation and it freaked her out. She was like starting to give her some panic attack because it made her think of an injury that she had in a massage where it did leave her like partly semi-paralyzed. Mm -hmm. And so I was in person and I was there like talking her through it and she was able to come out of it. Um, so that's why as well, it's really important to do your research on who you're working with as a breathwork practitioner, because it is a very simple technique mm -hmm. and anyone can do it. And I have also found that there's a lot of people who are just doing it, who aren't trained for it mm -hmm. or who don't really have the experience to hold these containers where trauma can come up to the surface or they themselves haven't done the healing work to be able to hold space for that. So I've been in circles, breathwork circles, where I've been horrified by the lack of support that's given when people are having like these intense releases come up to the surface. So I'm very conscious, even though most of my offerings are virtually, but I always tell people, so if I'm working with you one-on-one, -on -one, you have your camera on. So I'm definitely, you know, watching the whole thing. Mm -hmm. um, if it's in a group setting and you have your camera turned off, then I tell you if something is coming up for you and you need support or if you have questions, message me. And people do. And so then I talk them through it. They're like, oh my God, I'm starting to feel like this vibration. What's happening? Is this normal? Mm -hmm. And I'm like, yes, it's completely normal. And then People want to know, like, why am I feeling this in my hands? Why are my feet feeling hot? I don't know why. Like, nobody really knows. But I always tell people, if you want to know, ask your hands. Like, what are you holding on to that you're afraid to let go of? Mm. Or what is this back pain that I'm feeling? What is that about? Is there an emotion there? Is it a past experience? Mm -hmm. And we're all intuitive. If we just ask, you will get an answer whether some people are very visual. I'm a very visual person. So I get images or you might hear something like we're always talking to ourselves in our, in our day to day. So it's the same thing that we're doing when we're doing this active breathing mm -hmm. and you'll get your answer. And I find that that also starts to calm people down. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's such a critical part of the conversation. And I think the way that you hold space as a practitioner and just being supportive to people's experiences because everyone is going to have a different experience with with the breath and i'm very visual as well and like i was mentioning before when i had the tetany the lobster claw hands i began to visualize all this energy just like shooting out of my hands which was so interesting because i do have history of panic attacks and when i would get them it would begin in my hands. I would mm -hmm. start to feel it first in my hands. So it, it made perfect sense to me looking on it now. It's like that that's where the energy needed to release as mm -hmm. well. And, you know, something I saw on your website is that breath work can be solely done, practiced as a physical Mm -hmm. activity as a, through the physical sides of, of breathing. Yeah. But what you do really 
goes beyond the physical. Like you mentioned, you were also a clairvoyant. So you bring in the spirituality, the Mm -hmm. energetic component. And I'd love to just get your take on pairing those together and how that impacts the experience people have when you are able to blend those together. Yeah. So breathwork, you can use it as a quick tool to like get re-energized in between your Zoom calls or your life. And it's a tool that I also teach my clients, you know, when they're like in the morning, like, all right, let's ground yourself. Let's set an intention. Let's get really clear because the mornings can be really overwhelming and busy for people. So starting with a short five minute practice with that is a good way to kind of set your day up for success. Mm -hmm. And then to do the deeper healing work, yeah, we do longer sessions where a lot of times they come to me because they have a specific goal that they want to work on. And I help them get aligned with that goal so that they can manifest it. Mm -hmm. But in order for us to get aligned, we're doing that digging work that I was mentioning of like, all right, so what are the beliefs? What are the blocks? What's the programming that's making you, I talk about my client again, like, not being in a relationship, even though you say you want to be in a relationship and all these dates are going on, you're kind of self-sabotaging or your mind is coming up with reasons on why this person isn't good enough. Mm-hmm. So what's really going on? Mm-hmm. And it's been a really powerful way in a sh- really short amount of time to have incredible um, changes in people's lives, transformations. Mm-hmm. And that just came naturally to me when I first started to hold space Um, I was sensing in a group setting, like I would hear things, I would get words. Um, And when I was doing one-on-one sessions and closing my eyes, I would see things. And I'm like, this is weird. And I would try to ignore it. Mm -hmm. And it would just get louder. And I'm like, okay, let me just say it. Even though I have no idea why I'm saying, like why I'm thinking this, why I'm hearing this. And so I would. And then afterwards, my clients would say, and my students like, oh, that thing that you were saying, that was exactly what I was thinking in that moment. Mm -hmm. Or, you know, that's what's happening in my life right now. So I would get validation from my clients and like, okay, there's something here to it. And I continuously still work with my own healers to just continue on my own Mm -hmm. healing and growth. And one of them suggested or said, you're a clairvoyant. And I think it would be helpful if you go to a school to help you be able to hold that space and also just protect your space so that you're not using your energy. Rather, you're just a channel. Mm -hmm. You're just a vessel that's like communicating, but you're not feeling drained. And so I did that for about two years. And that with a combination of the breath work, I just absolutely love it. Because again, it's one thing to go to a healer and get a reading or get some messages and clarity on something. But when you're actually doing yourself that the active breath work, you're changing the chemistry in your body, you're releasing the trauma in addition to getting validation, Mm -hmm. you're creating new pathways in your brain. It's just different. It's like, exponential the change that can happen Mm -hmm. and so the combination of the two I'm I'm like yes this is what I'm doing (laughs) and it's been such an honor just to be of service in this capacity so actually speaking of being of service in this capacity I saw that you've also worked or or facilitated breath work in some really like big settings corporate settings tv celebrity bravo tv Mm -hmm. settings (laughs) and I'm so curious to know because breathwork, I would say breathwork is becoming more mainstream. Yeah. 
but what, what has it been like to maybe introduce breathwork into some of these settings where you wouldn't normally find it? It's been incredible, especially with the pandemic where more and more companies, like I just did a session for Sony, Facebook, mm-hmm. and then also smaller like nonprofits like the American Heart Association, where they are recognizing the importance of mental health yeah. and how it would be to their benefit to provide resources for their employees mm-hmm. so that they can manage the stress so that they don't feel so overwhelmed so that they have a, a space to release mm-hmm. and, and regroup. What I have found is that it creates a lot of compassion in the workspace as well, because when we breathe in a group setting and I do open it up to shares afterwards, which can be a little uncomfortable at the beginning, but there's always a couple of brave souls that started off. And then people are like, wow, like I also feel that, or I'm going through that as well. Mm-hmm. Um, you realize that your manager is a human as well. And they're right. also overstressed. So the energy just completely shifts and people in a group setting in a work environment, like they just get closer. There's more understanding. There's more patience. It's beautiful. I have so much admiration for companies that do do breath work because it is different. It's a more vulnerable, can be more vulnerable experience to do uh, this practice in the work environment. But the benefits are just incredible. And I'm, I'm so happy that more and more people are open to it and, and willing to bring, bring it into the place. I got, someone just reached out as well to, and I've done this several times, to lead a breathwork session for their board members, mm-hmm. you know, at their board retreat. And so as a way to also get some creative inspiration, bonding time, that's a really cool opportunity that I've recently yeah. had to do as well. Well, I think that speaks to how breathwork is for everybody absolutely like can facilitate lots of different experiences whether the intention is around creative ideas and inspiration or healing your inner child like you know just all over the board depending on what the intention of that breathwork session is and what i've seen in your practice of breathwork is that you know it does span from like you said sony and facebook to then even in your family and your personal life as well Mm -hmm. like it's for everybody and Mm -hmm. i saw that you brought your dad on and that Mm -hmm. you seem to be a very strong advocate for mental health and i'm wondering if you'd be willing to talk about that a little bit Yeah. I just did an Instagram live with my dad last week where he had recently relapsed on his 30-year sobriety. And so it was really devastating to see him go through that and for our family to go through that again, because we really didn't think that that would ever happen again. But Mm -hmm. COVID brought up a lot of traumas to the surface and it was very difficult. And there are some life changes that happened where my parents moved our hometown from Napa and with one of my sisters and the isolation and all of that. So unfortunately, he started drinking again and it got really scary where he was starting to have suicide ideation. Mm-hmm. And luckily, he was open to getting help. So he went into rehab again for mm-hmm. 30 days and then had been staying with me and my sister for the last three weeks. So it was kind of like his halfway house before heading back home. And we talked about mental health and the importance of it. A lot of families don't talk about it. A lot of us, I feel like these conversations are relatively new that we're having so openly where people are like, I have depression, Mm -hmm. I have anxiety, uh, I struggle with addiction. There used to be, and there still is a lot of stigma and shame, mental health, 
you know, anxiety, depression runs in my family. Mm -hmm. Um, We've had suicides in my family. And really, I'm the first person talking about this. Like, Mm -hmm. no one else has really, like, the terrible things have happened. And people have just, like, moved on. But we haven't moved on because the pain Mm -hmm. is still there. And that's actually what inspired me to start my own journey, where I, too, like, being the adult child of an alcoholic, that's a really traumatic upbringing. And one thing, I never got therapy for that as a child. Like, I thought, well, my dad doesn't drink anymore. I guess we're fine. Then in my 20s, I was realizing I started to exhibit anxiety symptoms without knowing that that's what it was. Mm -hmm. And in the relationships where that I was attracting, like I was noticing, oh, wait, these are similar dynamics that my parents are going through. Mm -hmm. And so that's when I started to do my own research on adult children of alcoholics and learn about addiction and alcoholism. Then I started therapy. And then I I did um, ISTDP, intensive short-term dynamic psychotherapy, which is a really great type of psychotherapy that also does body awareness. Mm. And so that's why when I did breathwork and had all of this, I'm like, oh, this is like kind of what I was doing with my therapist. And I would share with my family, you know, this is what I'm doing. And it was interesting when I told my dad that I was in therapy to heal my inner child because of how traumatic it was to be his child when he was drunk. He got really offended and defensive and did not recognize it at all. It was really painful to have him react that way. And once again, like I felt completely alone in my healing journey and I felt like nobody understood me and I would still continue to advocate to my family. I'm like, listen, I think it would be really helpful if you went to therapy Mm -hmm. and there was just so much stigma. I'm Mexican and born in the US, but my parents are from Mexico. Um, You know, viewing therapy as like for crazy people, you know, like just someone who's out of control and, So it would be like a put down to suggest it to anyone. And so I dealt with that for like 10 years. And it wasn't until the second time that my dad was in rehab where the center that he went to here in LA is therapy focused. And he was introduced to a lot of different healing modalities from hypnosis Mm -hmm. to art therapy to sound therapy, where he started to learn that our trauma stays with us lives with us. And it's not just you, it affects everyone around you. And so he finally apologized to us for how his behaviors have impacted us. And it was just such a powerful moment for my inner child where she felt so validated finally. And the healing just continued. And so when we did the Instagram live, it was, he was advocating a lot to get help that when we're starting to feel, we may not even know what we're feeling. And I think my dad has had panic attacks without knowing he's had panic attacks. He's thought that he's been having heart attacks, Mm. like sensations of I'm about to have a heart attack. And so he's rushed to the hospital and they're like, there's nothing wrong with you. And so starting to, with that information that he's learned, like he's starting to see things differently. And because of that, I also suggested again to my whole family that we each once again, or start because they hadn't started a healing journey. And so my mom started therapy at 68 years old. My dad is in therapy and he's 71 years old. And all of my sisters, except for one, have started their own therapy as well. So if you are feeling very alone in your healing journey and wishing that your family 
would also embark in one. I just invite you to be patient, to just continue to do the work for yourself. It really does have a ripple effect, yeah. even though it feels like nothing's changing, but because you are changing yourself and healing yourself, you're going to show up differently. So the interactions that you had with your loved ones is not going to be the same. And that's going to create some conflict because people are going to want to rebel and they're like, what is happening right now? Like we're used to kind of this dysfunction or this way of being. And all of a sudden you're coming in and showing up differently with your energy and how you speak and your boundaries, but it does make a huge impact. And then it inspires people to start on their own journey. And it's been beautiful. I've seen that in my own breathwork practice where in, during the pandemic, I created community gathering, a sliding scale offering where you can come and just breathe and show up with whatever you're showing up. And I have had my clients invite their adult parents come. I so I have people from their kids, teenagers breathing together to the grandparents who are in their 90s and everyone in between. So breathwork is, as you said, accessible to everyone. and it can be whatever you want it to be. I have people who just like show up and not necessarily do the active breathing, but just like receive and yeah. still move and listen to the music and still get a lot out of it. Yeah. Oh, I was going to mirror that back to you that you, it seems this were such a catalyst for change firstly in yourself, but then as a ripple effect, like you mentioned to your entire family and now to that your community and the world by being brave to start, mm -hmm. right? And then also I'm hearing resilience, like resilience to have some conversations that haven't been the easiest and resilience and dedication to, to your own self-healing and self-leadership journey to keep going, even though it wasn't uh, approved by everybody. Yeah. And I just want to remind all of our listeners of that as well, that you can be the catalyst in your own family or simply for yourself. That's where it may begin. And I, a lot of our listeners are empathic, intuitive women who I believe were put on this planet or in their family unit specifically mm -hmm. to be the change and be the yeah. healing. So we're not responsible for other people. We're not here to fix other people or any of that BS, but we absolutely can take ownership of our own healing journey and start to see some of those ripple effects like you mentioned. Hello, podcast fam. Just popping in for a second because in this postpartum period, it has flown by and yet been such a blur and breastfeeding is hard work. <laughs> I have a whole newfound respect for how much you need to supplement and hydrate and give your body the nutrients that it needs in order to be breastfeeding. So one thing that has been supporting me so much is having my container of electrolytes next to me pretty much all day long. I, as you guys have heard me talk about before, I'm a huge fan of Element Electrolytes. They are salty and delicious and there are some amazing flavors. My current favorite is their new flavor, watermelon, but I also love the raspberry, the citrus, the orange. They're all really good. And electrolytes are charged minerals that conduct electricity to power our nervous system. And mine has felt a little bit fried lately because we are not sleeping through the night. We are getting maximum 
about three hours of sleep at any given time. So regulating my hydration as well as my husband's and balancing fluids inside and outside of my cells has been so supportive, literally feels life-saving. And as a Uncensored Empath podcast listener, you get to try these amazing electrolytes for free. You just pay $5 in shipping. You get a free sample pack. Simply go to drinklmnt.com backslash empath to try it out. Again, that's drinklmnt.com backslash empath. And I'd love for you to let me know what your favorite flavor is and tag me over on Instagram. So, oh my gosh, I would, I want to keep talking, but we're at the top of our time. So I know you mentioned there's a way for people to get some breath work, get some healing, some self-love, self-care right now with you. And where can people continue to learn more? Yeah. On my website, I have a lot of free resources, including a free meditation, that five minute morning breath breathwork meditation. And I currently also have a summer of self-love challenge where you get five different exercises, including a 20 minute breathwork self-love practice Mm -hmm. to help you boost your confidence, self-worth, feel deserving. It all starts with us. As we're saying, like we have to fill up our cup. We have to do the work for ourselves and make ourselves a priority so that we can show up without that guilt, without all of the other, the responsibilities that then like tinges what we're trying to do, but really just doing it for ourselves. Mm. And that makes it easier also just to receive, Yeah, whether it's your dreams or support or just the life that you want, Mm -hmm. because you do feel deserving of it and worthy of it and making yourself a priority. So those are a couple of free offerings that I have on my website, analilia.net. And that's with one N. Beautiful. We will link that in the show notes. I feel like this is an invitation for everyone to really come back to their own authentic power within them. Thank you so much, Anna, for being on today. Appreciate it.